0: This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at The One Thing Team. In the last episode, we talked about why accountability starts by looking in the mirror. This was an episode that I recorded um, to bring some more candor to the conversation because we talk a lot about people listen to the podcast, they get really inspired, and then they do nothing which that's not the type of actions that produce extraordinary results. The last episode was there to spark that fire in you, to look inward and ask, where can I be more accountable? This episode, we're doubling down because we're sharing a story of one of you, a fan of the book, a fan of the podcast, and someone who has endured... Something that hopefully most of us will never have to go through in our entire life and how the book helped them not only get through that rough time, but also scale a business at the same time. I said to, to the man you're going to meet today after we stopped recording, I'm like, boy, this episode is going to be a two by four to people's face. <laughs> this is the wake up call hopefully you've been waiting for. Um, so with that, let's get into this conversation with Jason Rule. So where, what was going on in your world when you were first introduced to The One Thing?
1: I had read The One Thing right after I had a life-changing uh, situation where uh, they found a uh, schwannoma in the sheath of my spine. Being a father of three and a, and a wife that was pregnant with, with our fourth child, reading that book came at a critical time to where, okay, you may only have so much time. What do you, how are you going to spend your time and what are you going to focus on? lead into that three months later that lakin was born uh lakin rule or like i said our fourth son nine days after he was born he and val had to be life flighted out for emergency heart surgery for where we just thought we were going out for a a doctor's appointment to find out what was going on with his heart murmur the doctor after about 30 seconds set the scope down and said your son is very ill you're going to have to be life lighted. You have to choose Denver or Kansas City right now.
0: So what happened?
1: Well, <laughs> I, uh, uh, to be honest, I curled up in a ball on on the table. I, the doctor started drawing these sketches of the heart and everything that was wrong with it, which, I mean, it's just awful. But there was one life-threatening issue immediate that had to be fixed, which was the coarctation of the aorta. And as he drew it, I'm a, very, I'm a bi- very visual learner. So I was picturing everything, and I just started getting very sick. And I look back on it now, and I, at, at the time, I was just kind of ashamed because I had to lay down. Otherwise, I was going to pass out. So he draws all the sketch of what's wrong with his heart. And he says, this, this, is, this opening is less than half a millimeter open. He, if, uh, if we don't get him to a hospital immediately, um, he could turn uh, acidotic and die. As soon as I heard of that, I said, OK, so where are we going? And they said, he said, well, you've got Kansas City or Denver. And I asked him if it's your son, where do you go? And he can't make that recommendation. I said, I know you can't, but if you were to, where would you go? And he said, Denver. So the decision was made then. And I also said, so what do we do with Lake and how does he get there? And he said, well, he'll have to be life flighted out. And he'll have to be admitted to. We were in Wichita at the time. He said, I'll call an ambulance. We'll get hit there. We'll give him some drugs, which will open up the, um, the artery. It, uh, it will dilate that blood vessel and give him a couple days until they could diagnose, do all the scans necessary to where they could go in and do a clean surgery. And as soon as things started kicking in gear as far as, okay, this can happen, that can happen, I, I perked up. Um, so, so that long story short, at first I curled up in a ball and then once, once we started being able to do things, um, my mind cleared, we were able to focus. I told Val at the time, Val's my wife, I told the doctor, I said, if it's okay, I'd like to just put him in the car seat. We'll be at the hospital before the ambulance would even get here. It's a mile down the road. Uh, if you would, please call the emergency department, tell them we're coming and have them ready to accept Val and he, he was okay with that we got in the car and on the way to the hospital val and i started making plans for you know we were going to denver we didn't know for how long uh we'd driven down to wichita um our home at the time was hayes kansas uh, we'd driven down to wichita in the morning thinking that we're going to be home that night so our other three kids uh Elliot, 13 uh, Peyton was nine at the time and baby girl lauren was i believe four if memory serves My parents and Val's parents were back helping take care of my parents, lived a couple uh, streets down. So we had help there for that day, but we didn't plan on being gone for any extended time. So on the trip to the hospital to get Lakin shot, I told Val, I said, look, they're going to have room for you on the plane. Uh, You're a nursing mom, so you're going to have to go. Um, If you can, please make a list of the things that we're going to need to get through three to four days, because if we make it three to four days, we can do laundry yeah, and then we can start over and we can survive. So we did. Val was amazing. Uh, she put together this uh, basically emergency checklist of toothbrush, underwear, clothes, just what we need to get through four days. And we called her parents, told them what we we're going to need. We got to the hospital in quick time, jumped off the phone with them. And we went in, uh, Val, me and Lakin made sure that they were settled. And once we confirmed that Val is going to have a seat on the plane, I got in the car and headed, headed out from Wichita to Denver.
0: Let's pull back to a 40,000 foot level. You find out you have a possible life threatening medical issue within three months, Lakin's born. And you find out that he has a life threatening medical issue and your wife and he are going to have to be life flighted down to Denver. Is that, am I getting this correct? Yeah. You want one more? Uh, yeah, Eye opener. add the cherry um, to the top.
1: Yeah, it's uh, well, Lakin was the cherry to the top. So uh, during labor, Valerie went through a life-threatening where Her uh, her BP dropped and her uterus split uh, across both sides and across the top. Um, I would swear to you, you could not make this up, but the period of three months that took place leading up to, to Lakin born and, and the first couple weeks after... I have a I have a picture on my desk that is taken the day after he was born, and it uh, has all all six of us, all four kids, and Val and I uh, at the hospital at the hospital bed. Um, All of us, all of the ones in our family, all the kids, Val and I each have a copy of this, and it just says down below, "Every day is a gift. Uh, Be grateful." And so I had that picture made. Still dealing with PTSD of almost uh, watching Val go through. What was supposed to be a natural delivery to um, having to have an emergency C section before she was numb because they had to go. Um, She lost an enormous amount of blood. So I had that photo made just to kind of crystallize that moment. And then uh, eight days later, nine days later, she's having to climb on a plane with Laken to get life lighted out. So it it was a difficult situation because but I can't call it horrible or anything like that because there's so many people that have gone through worse, you know, perspective gives a different light to things. Uh, but yeah, life altering nonetheless, as far as perspective, for sure.
0: I'm putting myself in your shoes, I'm imagining finding out that I have a life threatening illness. I'm imagining my wife giving birth and that could have gone very South and almost losing her finding out that my son literally is on his deathbed, all along the while, which we haven't even talked about this yet, you're launching a company. And it's your company. So it's not like you get to punt it to somebody else. Right. Okay. Real quick, let's bring people up to speed with what was happening on the company. And then we're going to dive into the specific things you did with the one thing to to get through all this. So really quick, talk to us about what Driven Nutrition is. Driven
1: Nutrition is the affiliate exclusive supplement company out there that means we're exclusive to CrossFit gyms we sell directly at wholesale to CrossFit gyms and we've kind of established ourselves and I don't want I don't want to beat around the bush on this I believe we've established ourselves as the market leader in terms of helping an affiliate build retail up inside of their gym
0: which for non CrossFit people affiliate refers to the CrossFit gym owner they're called affiliates correct okay and so this is all getting launched while you're dealing with all the personal stuff. Right. Which, if all the health of your family was in tip-top shape, that still would be a very trying time for you because starting a business is hard. Yeah. Okay. So with all of that now, how did the one thing help you? What were the things that you took, now that you've made it to the other end and you know your, your family's in good health, your business is thriving... What were the big rocks that you got from the book that allowed you to get through this?
1: Well, one was the setting big and specific goals. You know, being given permission and an acceptance that it's okay to break the mold and try to be something different. That's talked about heavily in the book of you know Starbucks being known for their one thing, Apple being known for their one thing. The list goes on and on. And oftentimes we hear the phrase, "What would you do if you couldn't fail." um the book does a good job of structuring questions in a way that it goes deeper than that so it's not about what would you do if you couldn't fail but how would you how would you fix this if you could figure out what was broken and then what would be what would that look like what would that fix what would that, how would that feel so having having those big and specific goals as well as the the validation that it's okay to be an alien of sorts Helped a lot.
0: Which for, for people, um, episode 79, I gave a keynote on goal setting, and we go into this in detail, which if you didn't hear that one, go back and listen to that episode. For you, Jason, I'm imagining um, at what was unique about your company? What was foreign that you know most people wouldn't dare to do that the book gave you permission to?
1: That's a good question. At the time, it was CrossFitters against Bodybuilders. Bodybuilders made fun of CrossFitters, CrossFitters made fun of bodybuilders. There wasn't a blend of nutrition or supplements between the two. Some supplement companies were advertising at CrossFit gyms and CrossFitters, but they weren't bringing anything of value to the community. So instead of looking at how can I advertise at you know, these people or those owners, I crawled into it and said, what do the owners need? Because they're the ones that are going to be building the business. So we started looking at it in terms of a partnership with our affiliates. And we started working in tandem with them by asking, what do you need? And the first things they were saying was, we need a really high-grade product that we can sell our members. And at the time, they were telling me uh, verbatim, Jeff, you know, I don't even care if I make a profit off of this. I just want a good product to offer my members. And that's when the business side of me kicked in. And I remember telling owners in the early days... Like look, if you if you just bought your gym or opened your gym and you're not trying to make a profit, you just bought yourself a hobby. And that's that's when the genesis of of Driven really started separating itself from from the rest of the market space because we started focusing on being that that conduit that a gym can create a business unit inside of its business whereas before it was businesses advertising into their own space to where the, the people building the community, the affiliates, the gym owners weren't getting any type of compensation from.
0: Mm. Yeah, totally get it. And, uh, the riches are in the niches, right? I like that. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're so focused on the future that you forget to be present in the moment and appreciate everything you have? We know that stopping to celebrate the moments that matter is required. It's the purpose behind Java Press Coffee Company, who's the sponsor of this episode. Everything Java Press does is designed to help you enjoy a moment that you craft for yourself every day. What's unique about their coffee is that it's organically grown, ethically sourced, and is roasted fresh to order. That means after you place your order, they roast your beans and ship them to your doorstep so you get the absolute freshest coffee you can get to craft your next moment that matters go to the one thing.com/coffee and use the coupon code one thing to get 15% off your first 3 months of shipments that's the one thing.com/coffee and use the coupon code one thing so it gives you the permission to think big and then to also go really specific now while you're you get you cast this vision for your business you end up having to deal with all the family health issues. Right. How did you end up managing your time? Where did living the one thing really help you get through there?
1: Looking back on it, Jeff, it's, um, I'm grateful for it because when you're in your mid thirties, you think, you still think you're a little bit bulletproof. You still think that, um, at least I didn't, you know, we have been blessed with health, um, healthy kids and you feel like there's always a tomorrow when you realize and really accept like my my time is finite it's going to run out and sometimes it takes a life-altering experience to do that that and the coincidence of the book coming out in early 2013 uh just months before lakin was born and reading it i'm a big fan of coincidences so i i'm grateful that both of those things happened both the book came out when it did and these instances happened when they did because it allowed me to focus and realize i need to get focused on one thing
0: mm. your priorities right
1: absolutely how do i act in priority
0: i think this is one of the part one of the biggest reasons i wanted to bring you on jason is because when you talked to me about what it was like to be in the hospital where you know if, if family was all good You'd be time blocking half your day, focusing on your biggest priorities, acting in order of priority, achieving extraordinary results. Ah, so good. (laughs) And then reality sets in where you're at Lakin's bedside all day, all night, need to be available when the doctor comes in or when the nurse comes in. Did Did you feel like you were in control of your time? Oh, man, not at all. You're not
1: only not in control of your time, you're also not in control of how you perceive what your time is going to be. Huh. You know, your time fills up. You feel that, uh, that you're serving time almost mm. instead of time serving you.
0: What do you say to the people? Cause we have a lot of people in our living your one thing community who work from home, who have children around, um, who say, my kids are my one thing. And how do I time block? I can't just say from three to four, I'm unavailable. What did that look like for you in terms of still getting your most important priorities for the business done while also still being there for your family, which was your one thing?
1: By acting in priority, there were there were simply some tasks that I had to get done for work from the standpoint of Lakin. I had to be i had to be there when when the doctors made their rounds, when when the nurses made their switches so we could get all of the updates and make sure that the information being passed from one to the other. And I also had to be there for Val. I had to make sure that even even if it was a chore to go outside to take a walk, um, to get 10 minutes of fresh air at times and making her do the same thing and um, leaning on her, knowing that she's going to make me do the same. So establishing those priorities of things that have to be done when five or 10 minutes did come up, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of filling time when it allowed, uh, cause you'd have five or 10 down minutes where you could get some work done or you could go outside for a walk. And I'm not sure the best way to put that into yeah, words.
0: Yeah. I, I think I, I think I can say it really well because I think this is one of the biggest ahas that our members have had. When you get clarity on what your priorities are, meaning the handful of things that you absolutely must get done, not a, it's a nice to do. I really feel like I should do it. These are the things that must get done, even if you're not in control of your time, like Jason wasn't. When those slivers of time do come up, the five minutes, the ten minutes. And you naturally ask the question, which we've all asked every single week of our entire life when we finish up a task and we don't know what to do next, we go, what should I do? And instead of what most people do, check email, you do your one thing. You know you've got that short list of things that you must get done and you advance the ball. Is that what happened? Yes, absolutely. Oh, interesting. And as a result, even though You weren't able to work as many hours because you're dealing with your one thing, which is your family. The business still got off the ground. It did. Huh. So you're saying... And and thrived. Oh. So it's not that you needed to do everything for the business to get off the ground. You just needed to do the handful of things that actually mattered most? Correct. My question for the people who are listening to this, are you telling yourself the story that there's not enough time to get it all done? Are you telling yourself the story that, oh, if I could just get all this other stuff done, then I could have time to time block to do my one thing. If so, are you looking at it backwards? It's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the results come from just 20% of the effort. What would it look like if you could only work one day a week and you had to get your most important priorities done in that one day? What would happen? I mean, Jason, you were forced to work this way.
1: Yeah. Three times in the first year.
0: So I'm hearing you say, that's nuts. I'm hearing you say the gift of thinking big and specific. I'm hearing you say developing the mindset of thinking and acting in order of priority. How else did this help you? Understanding
1: how bad multitasking can throw you off.
0: <laughs> what did that look like?
1: Well, for instance, if if it was time to go out and go outside for a walk, I just left my phone. Um, no. I left my phone in my pocket. I didn't listen to any podcast. I didn't do any type of social media. We didn't update family on what was going on. We just went outside and breathed the movie Phenomenon uh, with John Travolta, where he's standing outside, and he's waving back and forth, and he's watching the trees, and you can almost just feel the breath going through him. That's what we did when we went out for a walk was we just went outside to be outside and feel the air and just to clear our minds. That's a big one that a lot of us neglect. I know because we did often in those, in those days at the hospital. And I know how impactful it was to get outside um, from the standpoint of sitting down to do work uh, making sure that I didn't have any notifications on for either text messages or emails. If I was sitting down and there was an email that I had to respond to, whether it was a manufacturing issue or a customer issue, or a customer complaint, and I only had 10 minutes to do it, I made sure that everything else was off, and I was totally present in that email.
0: Mm. How did you... Because one of the other things I'm I'm imagining, because you're starting to allude to what it means to say no, whether it's to tech and notifications, you already mentioned email. I've also got... Like you said, you weren't updating family. I've got to imagine you've got family and friends that's reaching out to you, which I've been in the hospital before and seen how much time that can take. It's a job just to keep people up to speed. How did you manage communication?
1: It it is a big job, and we steered this one early on. You know, I have uh, m- my mom's family is in Florida. Um, we have family all over the country, really. And while all the the concerns are great, we appreciated all of the prayers. It meant so much. the The communication is is daunting, and it almost becomes a job. So we steered that. Usually, I think it, it took about a day and a half before we finally just put our foot down and we set up a short code in our text that responded to everybody that sent us a message that said something about, um, you know, we appreciate your concern. All updates will be sent out via email. Uh, please send me your email address so we can send it so we can include you in that. so we, we had this list of people in our email and Val uh, daily or every two days or whenever we could shoot, sit down and type out the, the status of Lakin, you know, it was the daily Lakin update that she would send out. And we just, in the emails, it even said, please, if there's someone else that needs or that you want to add to this update, please simply just reply with their email address. We will update them, but please allow this communication to be our conduit to you without us having to inundate and answer every question that
0: comes through. For the people who are listening to this, the message I really want to drive home is hopefully it doesn't take catastrophic health issues to strike your family for you to wake up and realize that you actually can control your time, that you actually can say no, that you actually can establish how you will communicate. Jason, I'm hearing so many things here that are core principles of the book one of the greatest thieves of productivity, the inability to say no, whether it's tech and notifications, whether it's to other people, communication, you guys got clear on how you wanted to communicate. You effectively communicated those expectations to other people and you reinforced the expectation. And did people cry about the fact that you weren't going to respond to their text message personally? No, not, no,
1: not at all. They, uh, they appreciated that and they, uh, They were grateful to be involved
0: Mm. uh, in the updates. Folks, what's the one thing you've heard in this episode that you're not currently doing? That if you started doing immediately would make a major impact in terms of how you manage your time? Is it casting a really big goal and getting really specific so that you're going and marching in a right direction? Is it finally having clarity on what your priorities really are to the point where if I looked at you and said, what are your priorities for the week? You'd go, easy, Jeff, one, two, three. No deer in the headlights looking back at me going, uh, none of that. You got clarity. So that in those slivers of time, when you do control your time, you can act in order of priority. Or is it asking the question, how do I want to train the world? When and how I will respond?" To things, how I will communicate. Most people just never put thought into when will they be an email, when will they be responding to text messages, when are they available for meetings or phone calls? They've never established standards. You can do it. It doesn't require a family member to be in the hospital. Jason, what's, what's the one thing you would ask people to take action on based on your experience?
1: Attempt to have the fortitude to try it and be okay when you fail because you're going to, you're going to get distracted. You're going to have a day when you don't go out and watch the trees blow in the breeze. Just be okay with that. Just realize that tomorrow's a new day. I didn't get everything that I needed to get done today. Um, But have the fortitude to try again the next day and understand that a small improvement is a big reward in and of itself
0: yeah and they add up over time don't they they're huge Uh uh-huh well jason where can people learn more about you
1: Drivennutrition.com. uh social media is at driven nutrition facebook and instagram if uh if anybody wants to connect with me personally i i'm not sure (laughs) why but uh, uh you can find me on instagram jason rule should be pretty easy to find
0: Awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing the story. Thank you for being a fan and reaching out and uh, really appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jeff, and keep up the good work with the podcast. I- I'm grateful for what you guys are putting out.
0: Appreciate it, man. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Jason Rule. Folks, I said this toward the end of our conversation, and it's it's that important that I'm going to reiterate it again. Look back on your life right now. Look at the actions that you take. Think of the stories you tell yourself that justify your inaction. Those beliefs that you hold on to as truth that stop you from living the book, whatever they are. And ask the question, what will it take for me to to give up those beliefs and finally push through. To take the type of actions required to build the habits so that I can truly break through my ceiling of achievement and achieve extraordinary results. I really appreciate Jason coming on and sharing this because um, that can't be easy. And in spite of his medical issues, his wife's medical issues, his son on his deathbed, He still has to focus on his business, and he doesn't have the ability to work a full work week, like most of us have every single week. He had to narrow his focus. The the restraint of time required that he put things in order of priority and treat everything like it does not matter equally to give an unfair share of his time to the things that will produce the disproportionate amount of results in his business and in his life. What's the one thing you take from this episode? The one thing that you heard that you are not currently doing that if you started doing immediately would make a major impact in terms of how you invest your time? Now ask yourself the question, what's the one thing that's stopping you from taking that action? Now, if you were coaching yourself, what would you say to yourself in terms of how to overcome that obstacle? Folks, the answers, they're all inside. Oftentimes it just takes someone else who has a different perspective to ask us the question enough times till we develop the habit of asking it ourselves. Just like in the last episode, accountability starts with looking in the mirror. You've got the answers they're inside. question is, will you choose to take action? Will you choose to finally act differently so that you can hopefully get better results? That's why we do the show. Thank you for listening. If you are not yet subscribed, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button so all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. If you have not yet left us a rating and review, please do so it means the world to us. We read everyone. We love them. And finally, I was talking to Jason after this, and I asked, where can I help you most right now? And he said, I really need to get more clarity on my goals. I need to get a better system in terms of of living this moving forward. And I'm looking to meet other people who are doing this as well, so we can form relationships and have some accountability there. Folks, that's exactly what the Living Your One Thing goal-setting retreat is. Literally, he just wrote the agenda. <laughs> that was it. If you are the same where you need clarity on your goals and your priorities, you need help establishing a system to live the one thing, and you want to surround yourself with other people who are high achievers, who are going down the same path so you can form those powerful relationships, go to theonething.com slash event. It is November 30th and December 1st of this year. You will want to get your ticket. We promise this will be an incredible experience. It'll be two fun-filled days with Jay Papasan and myself. Just go to onething.com slash event to learn more. With that, thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.